Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know? A driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know? There's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know? A basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to the Blue Room. Uh, we are getting together here on Monday. Not for the instant match reaction to the game against Manchester City because it's been called off, but um, things are going so well at Everton at the moment. Before we get together and have a chat about the toppies anyway, uh, joining me today, uh, Dave Darney, who's sat outside in the dark. I can barely see him, um, <laughs> but he's there. You there, Dave? I am, I am here, yeah. Somewhere <laughs> lurking in the dark. Paddy Boylan's have a feel, Dave. You can see me now. <laughs> and uh, Mark, Mark Mosey joins me as well. How are you, mate? Recover from that Boxing Day win over Sheffield United, yeah? Yeah, the shock, yeah. I mean, the only thing, if Carver Lewin would have scored that volley after that ridiculous first time chest first touch, then I don't think I'd quite be on the road to recovery quite yet. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a nice few days just to uh, look back at it. A bizarrely enjoyable December, and I think going into the month, I don't think many of us really had that down for, for Everton. So, yeah, great, great few days. Yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do in this like little bite sized pod. Um, but first and foremost, we'll have a look at what's happened today. Uh, for those of you who may not have seen the news or aren't quite fully up to speed of it yet, but the game against uh, City tonight has been called off uh, due to a number of positive tests, uh, in addition to those suffered by Gabriel Jesus, Kyle Walker, and two staff members at City. Uh, City said that, uh, to quote, a virus, sorry, a risk that the virus could spread with the security of the bubble compromised. And a statement continued saying, after the latest round of COVID 19 testing, the club returned a number of positive cases in addition to the four already reported on Christmas Day. Based on strong medical advice, the Premier League, in consultation with both clubs, has decided to postpone the fixture. Um, Everton obviously also confirmed this as well. And it looks as though the game is going to be rearranged at some point further down the line. Um, I mean, we're going to probably speak more about this from a footballing point of view as opposed to what this means long-term for precedence and, and all that kind of thing. And I think it probably goes without saying from all of us that, you know, everything we're going to speak about here is underscored by the fact that we hope the City players all make a full recovery from this. And that is very much at the forefront of our minds. But we're going to look at this, obviously, from an Everton point of view, an Everton perspective. Um, how are you feeling about it, Dave? Um you know, I think we were all sort of going into this game against City feeling like it was a bit of a free hit, feeling like there's going to be a lot of changes. And it, it does feel as though it might be a bit of a blessing in disguise for this Everton side at the moment, albeit they're in great form. I'm I'm absolutely delighted from a footballing perspective, Matt. Um, I think I think we do need to caveat everything you say and reinforce what you said there about um, the, uh, the health and well-being of the, of the players and everybody involved at Man City and uh, how it's come about. I think there's a there's a bit of outrage, I think, from the Everton side of things, given how close it was to 
the game going ahead four four hours out um, when when it sort of got confirmed. I think you know you can you can sort of offset that by the fact that it was any people from the Liverpool City region going to be able to attend tonight. So it's not that much of an inconvenience. I wouldn't have thought, given the uh, the logistics of everything um, that has to happen for these games to take place with fans in attendance. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel immensely sorry for those people as well, but. Um, yeah, there, there, there are two ways of looking. Well, there are several ways of looking at it, but from a purely footballing perspective, Everton have got away with one here massively. Um, I, I don't think even the most hardened of fans and the most optimistic of fans, of which I'm not, I'm certainly not one of them, as you all know, um, would have thought Everton would get something from this tonight. And I, and I know City are in the same boat um, in terms of well, they already had a couple of players out, didn't he? With, uh, with COVID, but also they played 48 hours earlier as well. As a spectacle, it was going to be a dreadful game of football. I have no doubt about that. But also, City are much better equipped than we are to deal with the current situation yeah. um, <clears throat> of a game being turned around so quickly. Um, so, Everton have, Everton have come out of this. And you say blessing in disguise. I, I think it's, it's more than that now, simply because I feel that we could have still put up a, a really good fight against Manchester City. We could have properly ground out a, maybe a point against them, maybe even snuck a win, a really hard-earned, point, uh, hard-earned victory um, tonight. But I I look at that game with regret, even though it hasn't even happened um, tonight. And, and the way I'm going to make sense of that is, I'd feel that Everton couldn't fully do themselves justice of all the hard work, all the effort they've put in, um, all of these fantastic performances and results we've seen. In, in really trying circumstances, lest we forget with the players we have out injured ourselves in the last few weeks. Um, had we lost the game, which I, I would have expected us to do, um, I'd have felt really aggrieved that, you know what, we've probably earned the right to to play this game um, with, our, with, a, with a more strengthened side. Not all of them available, obviously, because there's some long-term absentees there, but um, we, we deserve the better crack of the whip than what we were going to get. Uh, and that's that's why I feel as if this is... This is really good news. I, I messaged you, didn't I? And I said that this means the league's ours, you know. And and <laughs> I say obviously say that tongue in cheek, but when when things like this happen, it does make you wonder: do, do the, the stars align? Like getting the results at Sheffield United, having played. I'm not going. I'm not. No, I'm. I'm not going there. Talking about Everton being up, you know, in contention for the title. I'm talking about Everton doing something significant this season. It sounds like you're uh, the stars. Contention for the title, no, not not at all. But the stars don't align for Everton. Uh, we know this. How, how many of us were saying on um, Boxing Day before the Sheffield United match, they haven't won a match all season. You know, mm-hmm. Everton have got all the players out injured. They're all everything seemed as if it was stacked against us somehow, even though we were playing the bottom of the league. But we went and won that game, and everyone had a, has a fantastic Christmas. Everyone has a brilliant time watching the Blues for the last month. Um, against all odds, against the big sides in the Premier League. That doesn't happen to us. Um, and, and this little bit of fortune I believe we've got from tonight's cancellation, that doesn't happen to us either. So I'm, I'm just putting it out there, things that happen that don't normally happen for us. And we're second in the league, well, we're third in the league now, aren't we? Uh, unless they're going to put us on goal difference. But, I mean, even that, they drew, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd expect them to beat a Crystal Palace side that have taken 10 goals to nil. In the last two games, so yeah, I'm 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 pretty happy with that. It means we get a nice recuperation period before we take on West Ham at Goodison, which is a much more inviting fixture. They've got to play 
they'll have played I think three games in seven days by yeah. the time they come to Goodison. Yeah. So Tuesday, which is not going to be a, a barrel of laughs from a physicality point of view, is it? Because they they weren't but, but, Well, I was just going to say. I mean, if, if I was to give any of any Evertonian the option of putting that City game on the back burner, approaching it fresh, perhaps having our better players back in an attacking capacity. Uh, we all know the quartet that's missing. Uh, four of our very, you know, of the best players we've got. If I was to say that, rather than going through it, yes, okay, confidence is high. But we saw what happened against Man United last week at Goodison where they just completely ran out of gas. That was the most likely thing to happen tonight. The fact it's not, in fact, Everton will get a different narrative to approach this game with. They might well be informed, they might not be informed. I'd much sooner take our chances with that than go into a game tonight against a side that is slowly starting to bubble under nicely. City, they don't concede goals. Um, we can, we, we've struggled lately to score many goals. We've been winning games by one goal. Um, I just feel as if it feels like the best thing that could have happened, given the circumstances. You in the same boat there, Moe? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we were chatting before we started recording, Matt, about the, just the spectacle of games like this on it. The, the the exciting elements about this game for me was that it's it's occasionally quite nice to see your your first eleven get changed up a bit and and as much as we don't like to with this kind of pre hit term it it was a game where the pressure was off but primarily based on on obviously all the results around us at the moment but on the good work that Everton have done this month uh, and if momentum is anything to go by this this is exactly the time that you do want to play Manchester City. Um, as Dave rightly said, they've got the, the momentum of their own. Um, if, if anyone offers you an opportunity not to play against a side of that calibre when you haven't got your, your full-strength 11 or, or indeed your full-strength squad available, then I think you absolutely have to take it. And I think the, the realistic point that Everton are at this week is that the most important thing that happens in the next seven days for this club is that we beat West Ham. Uh, that is the absolute paramount focus for, for everyone. And I think the the affordability that we've been handed now to solely focus on that game, I think I'd, I'd be slightly more concerned if after West Ham, the Premier League games will come in just as thick and fast as what we've seen in December. Um, the reality is that the game against Rotherham provides us with an opportunity to rest players uh, and uh, as much as we needed that break this week on the back of a, a really busy spell in December, I feel like it's really nicely spaced the, the Premier League priorities out for us now. We've got four or five days to solely look at West Ham. And then you, you possibly do look at people like Calvert-Lewin in particular being dropped out. I mean, he's the one who, albeit looks capable of running for 90 minutes every few days, we are in danger of totally breaking that lad if we don't give him a, a couple of games off. And I think the FA Cup tie will probably be that opportunity for him. Um, it, it's interesting you mentioned about, about precedence. And I think the obviously the announcement that's been made within the last sort of couple of hours as we record came with the, the caveat that this game was going to get rearranged and, and played at a later date and, and everyone would be quite happy for that. Um, not to go full Everton mode, here, but we've already seen this year teams like Tramia being forced into playing games. We've seen a team in Leighton Orient get kicked out of a domestic cup competition because they can't fulfil a, a fixture. Um, the, the circumstances by which these things happen are unfortunate. Um, they are medically 
tactically dangerous at times, but what they are not is different for one club over another. Um, it, it, it's strange that we've already seen this. And um, don't get me wrong, I, I don't want Everton to be to be just thrown points as, as nice as those things are, and as much as it it favours our sort of tally in terms of points for going forward for the season it's nice to have in the bank but I think that the frustration if you step back from from an Everton bias that the frustration from a footballing point of view is that we're probably going to see one of England's big boys get away with something like this and, and that, that that sounds like harsh wording but I'm sure there'll be a few late Orient and Tramia fans looking at that announcement tonight and thinking well what's what's different about this uh, but certainly, from from a purely footballing point of view, I didn't want to see Everton again. Uh, as much as it's been lovely over the last five games, they, I am sure, are ready to to take a backward step. And I can only imagine how quickly Bill Kenwright or whoever was on the other end of that phone call made the decision to agree with Manchester City in terms of that game not going ahead for for so many reasons. But as you've both rightly said as a priority for the safety of, of everyone at Everton. Um, the, the prospect of, of a couple of players getting COVID may, may seem pretty trivial for Premier League squads, but not only because of the health of those people involved, but we are then looking at seriously jeopardising the next month of football for this team. Uh, and that, that is absolutely not a situation that, that this December has, has earned us to be in. Yeah, I think, I think in regards to the... You know, work because I think I think Dave Mooney put it pretty well on on Twitter that we spoke to. He said it's not about the total amount of players unavailable; it's about stopping the yeah of an outbreak city also become one of the Everton because obviously the, the cases there have got to just escalated mm. so much in the space of a few days. There could be more players there who you know it's not showing up on tests, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I don't really know you know the, the intricacies of that and you know and how different it is in that regard. But maybe maybe there's something to that. But Progressive Insurance protects people's cars, homes, and other vehicles. But if you've ever seen our commercials or even just heard our name, you probably already knew that. What you may not know is that we support Humble Design, a nonprofit that furnishes homes for families and veterans emerging from homelessness. Because a little help goes a long way. And a lot of help. Well, you get the idea. Now, if you already knew all of this about Progressive Insurance, we're impressed. We'll have to find something else cool to tell you next time. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. I did see something really interesting, actually, just the final thing on this. Um, Dale Johnson from ESPN said, Everton versus Manchester City being postponed could present real problems for City if they go deep into the Champions League and FA Cup. They have two games to rearrange now, Villa at home being the other, and a third will come if they get to the EFL Cup final where they play Manchester United. Uh, They've also got a game against Chelsea on Sunday that's probably going to be in doubt as well as the Cup semi-final against Manchester United next Wednesday. Uh, likely they could have to play two games in a midweek, as Spurs had to in September, if they stay in the Cups and are to complete their fixtures by May 23rd. So um, chances are we're playing a Manchester City side that have got to rotate, albeit, like you said, they've got the squad to do it. Um, just just before we, we wrap up, lads, um, I want to have a reflection on December as a whole. Um, one major blemish being Manchester United in the League Cup, where we sort of said, you know, the team... Did run out of gas a little bit, but other than that, four wins, one draw against Burnley. Um, I'll come back to you first on this one, Mark. But we go to Dave. Um, it's been it's been incredible, hasn't it? And I think what's what's really struck me about it over the last few weeks is seeing all the comparisons to that that 2013-14 season, where Everton are pretty much ahead on every metric. They've got more points than they did at that point in the campaign. 
And these lads have dug deep. They've coped with injuries. They've adapted. They've rode the luck a bit, little bit at times. But they've also seized the moments when the moments have come along as well. And I think it's it's amazing testament to, to the manager and these players that were, were sat here in fair place in the Premier League. Uh, and everyone, probably for the first time in a while, is going into a new year thinking this team can really do something as opposed to looking to the summer and thinking how can we rebuild and how can we push on again next season. I think the, the most impressive aspect of our December is the foundation that it is built on. Uh, and that foundation was an absolutely disastrous November. Uh, I think it, if, you, if you look at that previous, well, the, the previous six weeks to the start of December when we had that, that pretty crazy game against Liverpool at Goodison, which obviously we, we ended up getting a point from, but to go from that to a game at Southampton where we got beaten, was that the game that Luca Dean was sent off the, the Southampton game? Um, we had the absolute disaster that was going up to St. James's Park and getting beat 2-1. We were outclassed by Man United. We had the opportunity to, to turn all of this around at home against Leeds and threw that away as well. Um, and the, the one win that we did have in that, in that build-up to December was the away game at Craven Cottage, which for a lot of, of in particular, the second half, it looked like Everton really went at the races in terms of being a side who could could seriously be contesting European places at the end of the season. And I think the even the most hardened Evertonian would not have gone into that first game in December and thought, we are capable of getting, I mean, nine points, I think most of us would have said, would have been a, a really good return from a month that, that held, obviously, challenges like Arsenal, like Chelsea and like Manchester City. I think Dave said at the start of the month, mate, that he takes six points in total. I mean, if you, if you kind of accept the fact that we're going to struggle against the, the inverted commas bigger sides, you've got Burnley and, I mean, the, the kind of, again, inverted commas lesser teams that you've got and the ones that you seem to struggle against in terms of, I know Sheffield United are on a great challenge at the moment, but nothing about me in November thought that Everton would go to Leicester and win. Uh, and that, that is an absolute testament to, obviously, the coaching staff and in particular the manager, I think the, the most pleasing thing for me that we are hopefully going to take forward for the rest of the season, I think we've known since August and September that we can be dangerous going forward. Um, yes, it's horrible when James isn't there and we are, as every newspaper in the land will tell you, we are nothing without Richarlison. But I think the foundation of any football team in this league that does well is a real sort of solid core at the back. Um, as much as the strength in depth in terms of numbers has always been there at centre-half for Everton, there was nothing really convincing, in particular even at the early stage of the season, that yes, was going well results-wise. Um, that, that was not because of our clean sheets and our impeccable defensive rigidity. It, it was because of flair and you know total ambition going forward. And I think that we've been able to to not only keep clean sheets, but to not even let football sides have a shot on target against us at, at really key moments of games when the opposition are chasing games in the second half. To have that level of solidity about you is is, is essentially what every successful Premier League team is founded on. I think that that's the most important thing to to gain from these five or six games. It's not necessarily the... the the intricacies of how do you fit a Wobie in going forward or or how do we bring people like Gordon and Bernard into the side? And as nice as that was to see on Boxing Day, 
what I want to see is the same four lads in, in defence and, and in particular the goalkeeper as well, creating that understanding that it's so important for yeah. success. And I think that, that's been the major takeaway from the month for me. What about you, Dave? Any, any major takeaway for you in regards to the last five Premier League games? Um, I think the, the overwhelming thing that I'll take from it, and, and, and it, it's interesting Mark talks about that contrast with earlier on this season, um, it's been the sort of evolution of this, this Everton side. Uh, and one, you know, if you were to describe this to somebody um, that hadn't seen us play or, um, what, you know, if you were to offer it to somebody, obviously you'd rather see that effervescent style and that fluidity we saw earlier on this season. But if I was to suggest to you earlier on this year, had we had those players out that we currently have absent, uh, had we had to play with four centre-halves, um, and, and it, for us to still take away that many points from that really daunting run of fixtures in December, I mean, there's, there's no way anybody would say Everton get the return that they've got now. And, and the thing that surprised me most is, all we've ever been used to, I think, since the David Moyes era, is a real, you know, lack of pragmatism from from managers when it's got to certain situations. Um, there's been a stubbornness, and it's often been the undoing of many uh, Everton managers, uh, and that's ultimately cost them their job. What we've seen from Ancelotti and what we've seen from this uh, this group of players that we have is, yes, it might not necessarily be pretty on the eye, but it feels as if now Everton are prioritising substance over style uh, for the very first time. And I, prob- I even include Sam Allardyce in that. And if you, if you hear me out, Sam Allardyce would never push the boat out to try and get a result. If he didn't get it by doing the usual shitazzy tactics, you know, 30% possession, one, maybe two shots on target and grinding out a 1-0 win, then there was no other way of won football games. Um, conversely, Marco Silva had a really stylistic approach to how he wanted his Everton side to set up. If it didn't work, Everton often got battered and so on and so forth. He goes from Martinez, he goes to Koeman, um, all of that. They just had the same trait of sticking with their idea, and that was it. Come hell or high water, Everton were going to die by that sword. Uh, they were going to die on that hill that the manager of the day chose for the side to set up. What we've seen this season has been a complete transfer of that into a side that goes hunting for points, um, they don't prioritise how they play. They don't prioritise how they set up. Most impressively, they don't prioritise what the opposition are going to do either. Everton, even when we're as we are now, which I was would consider squad-wise, are probably our lowest point in terms of depth and quality. Everton are going into games inflicting what they want to do on the game, rather than seeing what the opposition are going to do hanging in there and going out and trying to nick a goal. That may be ultimately what happens, but Everton still have their own game plan when they go into these games. Um, and, and, and it, you know, it, most impressively, it's come against the big boys in the league. You know, going the, that Leicester game, for me, probably the standout performance of the season hmm. um, for, for a number of different reasons that aren't too obvious. When you, If you were to look at it statistically, I'm sure many people would say, you know, Leicester you know, probably could have got a point out of the game given... Chances, possession, all that stuff. I won't say. I, I think. No, I, I actually, yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, I'm just thinking back on that now because there was only really that Vardy header, wasn't there? That was was a goal scoring opportunity. Um, and 
then you you know you you look at it a lot more sort of laterally now. I think every time we play a game, I, I don't look at it and think, well, they've got such and such a player. Uh, we're going to have to deal with that. There seems to be a real sort of natural intuition from that back four, that sort of solid block, you know, Cold War back four that we've got at the moment. Um, that just has this re- resistance to basically go into a game and say you're having one or two shots maximum in a game um, and we're keeping clean sheets and it just it's so it's impressed me so much um, that these squad players have finally stood up you know we're finally getting a tick out of Sigurdsson we're finally getting something from the likes of Davis when they come in everybody looks comfortable everybody looks confident Yeah, Mina which uh, was discussed at length um, in the last couple of shows, how good he's been. Michael Keane looks like England's best defender right now. Um, I don't think I'm veering too far, of course, saying that. And all of a sudden, you're looking at this and thinking, well, this is the season that the team will capitalise on others not finding consistency. That could feasibly be Everton. And we're nearly halfway through a season now inside the top four with players to come back. Mm. It's tremendously exciting. Yeah. It is, and just to just finish off, one player in particular I think sort of embodies that excitement um, is Ben Godfrey, who sort of emerged, hmm. you know, a real fan favourite. I think you know more than you know than anything over these, these last few weeks. And you know, Dave, you sort of compared him to, to Jolie and Lescott earlier in the season when he was having a few up and down moments and he was coming in and plugging gaps. And there were signs there of what a, a good player he could be, albeit you know. You know, we haven't run a game to put it together consistently, but this lad just seems to go from, from strength to strength, doesn't he? And, you know, that, that clip against Sheffield United where the lad tackles him around, around <laughs> mid high and he, he bounces off him, doesn't he? And goes about three or four yards back. Um, I think, I think he's, he's, a, he's a player that we're going to sort of fall gradually more and more in love with over time, isn't he? He's, he seems to be a talisman already. Um, I'm not sure if that's the case internally um, amongst his, his fellow players. But for the fans, I mean, this lad's a breath of fresh air, isn't he? He's got everything. He's a bit of a throwback. Loves giving people a dressing down. He looks angry all the time. Doesn't look like he's ever satisfied. And he, he will run literally run through brick walls for you. Um, and, you know, and I mean the throwback in, in every sense of the word because I do look at a Les Scott. I do look at those sort of rampaging runs where... Doesn't fully ever look like he's in control, but he's just going to keep going and going and going. It's a typical type of Everton player um, that really gets you on the edge of your seat. And you look at the situation now and you think, okay, Luca Dean will come back in at left back. That's pretty obvious. But are we in a position now where you have to find a space for him? Um, do you put him? Can you put him back on the bench? Because I, I actually think he's infectious. I think he, he has an appetite in that team. Um, he has a real sort of you know, he's got not a chip on his shoulder, but he's very, very confident. He seems to be a very confident lad, strictly about business. I couldn't imagine, you know, him suffering any nonsense, someone doing a step over in front of him. I think he'd go right through them. And I think sometimes teams need players like that who who will put everything on the line when when it's asked of them. And Carlo Ancelotti must be, you know, constantly texting Marcel Brand saying thank you for going to get this lad. Because um, I don't think I don't think Carlo would have known too much about him. Looks like one right from the scouting network, and you know, it's telling Matt I thought against Sheffield United that when Keane come off, which I thought was a planned sub, 
uh, on the hour, given the fact we do have you know the luxury of four decent centre halves on the pitch. Interesting, that it was Holgate that went to centre half and Godfrey stayed left back. Um, so it still suggests to me that he's what still fourth choice in terms of the defensive pecking order at centre half. It's yeah. going to be a dilemma for it's going to be a dilemma for Carlo when when we get Luca Dean back and when we get Coleman fit and firing again. You know, you've got you've got six players there, and you, you can only choose four of them. I mean, how long ago was it? it? Wasn't long ago, was it? When we were all looking at each other saying we've only got really got two centre halves at the club. Was the start of last season, wasn't it? We went yeah. All game. yeah. Going to play much of a part. It was just me and Mina and Keane, wasn't it? But I, I, I mm-hmm. would be too fussed about him going going back on the bench. I think over the course of what is going to be a mad season, there's going to be injuries, suspensions, rotation. I think you could even do a job coming off the bench, maybe play hold in midfield or go into a back three or something like that, like we've done in the past under Angelotti. But I think one one nice moment, actually, where it was from that Sheffield United game was when Gordon put the ball out of play for a corner early on. Like he tried to pass it back to Godfrey, overhit it. And Godfrey was sort of like, he was, you know, he went straight over to him. He was like, don't worry about it, you know, keep your head up, it's fine. You know, unlucky, well, it was the right idea. And like Dave said, he's, he's already seemingly very comfortable in his own skin at Goodison and feels very comfortable exerting his own personality. Yeah, I saw him exerting his personality on Andre Gomez when he didn't make a run in the, uh, <laughs> the previous game. Uh, I think that that happened to James Rodriguez at Turf Moor as well. And I think that these these are all the hallmarks of a lad who is obviously supremely confident in, in not only his ability, but in himself as a human as well. Um, and I think that that's something that should not be underestimated for, for Premier League football, as in that it's the the strength of character that he has, which is is why we think he is so impressive at the moment. Um, I think the, the change that they've referenced with, with Michael Keane at Bramall Lane, I probably looked on that a little bit more positively for Godfrey in that I don't think it was one where we didn't think that he'd be comfortable moving back into centre-half. But even at this early stage, he he's probably the one that you feel a little bit more comfortable with in terms of moving him out of position. Um, his flexibility, as much as we've seen Holgate obviously do that pretty successfully as well, his his flexibility is is totally taking us by surprise for a lad who, for all intents and purposes, before he came to the club, the only real negatives we'd heard from him were his sort of defiance in terms of where he was going to play football when he was at other clubs. Uh, I think there was an insistence that he was a centre-half and, and not a full-back or a defensive midfielder. We've already seen him do all of these things at a much higher level than that he'll have ever been used to. Um, and I think it's testament to him already that when things obviously weren't going our way in November, we were, we were looking to this new kid who we'd signed to come in and do a, an unfamiliar role in defensive midfield. It's just just praying for that sort of football and intelligence in key areas. And he is already one of those lads who we're looking at for other senior pros to look out for guidance and, and for some form of support. Um, he's, he's clearly not going to be an incredibly important member of every 11 going forward for the rest of the season. But you do get that sort of feeling from him, just, just watching, even the way he just struts around the pitch and is so confident there that, He's someone who is already integral to this club. Um, it, it's very easy to imagine him being here for, for years to come and, and, and playing a very important role. And I think it's, you probably look back at a summer where a lot of Evertonians were very, very disappointed to not sign Gabriel from Arsenal. 
uh, and already four months down the line now, you wouldn't swap them in a million years. Uh, it, it's a massive, massive start to his Everton career and, and one that we all hope, obviously, that he'll build on positively going forward. Yeah, that encourages signs from Ben Godfrey. Uh, we'll leave it there, lads. Uh, thanks for joining us, but early than expected tonight. Obviously, um, we'll be back on Blue Room Extra with Subs Weekly uh, tomorrow. That's Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, we'll have the weekly show. Uh, that'll be here on usual feeds at six o'clock on YouTube for those of you who want to watch it live. But cheers to Mark. Cheers for Dave for that little bit of review back in December. That was speak again soon here on the Blue Room. Northern Tool and Equipment isn't just a store. It's a problem solver's paradise. Fully stocked with the right professional grade tools and fully staffed with experts who have the right answers. Problem solved. Northern Tool and Equipment Summer Sale is on now. Stop in and save up to 50% on pressure washers, sprayers, generators, fans, lawn and garden equipment, and more. Hundreds of deals in store or at northerntool.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.